This message is brought to you by Lighthouse Chapel International, a united denomination originating from the Lighthouse Group of Churches. Welcome to the Life Preaching Message, where the Word of God is imparted clearly, practically, and comprehensively. Our aim is to provide a solid foundation, a Bible-based instruction to our church members, to equip them to teach and preach wherever they may be. Join us for a life-changing encounter as you listen to this message. There are many things that you must get people, call this person, check this one, because most of the people that you give work to, if you don't follow them up, they don't get back to you. Most of the people that you give work to, so it's almost like, as you are there, you need to follow up on everybody and everything. Have you done this? Did you check that? Did you do this? Did you do that? You need to follow up on everybody. Are you recording now? You are recording? Ish. Okay, you should have told me. But it's fine, it's fine. I've, I've said that. Uh-huh. So, so what it is is that as, as a leader, I need also to read. I need to pray like everybody else. Now, here am I. I have so many things on my mind that I must follow up. So, it affects me in doing what I have to do. So, from school days, I can't sit to study and things. So, I said, what can help me overcome or what can help me to do what I need to do? Because I can't change me. That's, that's, that's how I am. I can't change me. Do you get it? I can't change me. I just can't sit as a person. So, it's like, now that I'm an adult and I can't go and play, do you get it? It's like the mind is always working. Things to do. And normally it's a problem of a certain temperament. They have a lot of things. They run many things at the same time and everything must run like a machine. <laughs> do you get it? Now, so as an what do I do? I realize that there's a time when these things, even though they are there, they, they can't work i.e., you can't go and play at dawn. Even though you want to go and play as a child, naturally, you, your, your, it's like your mind has accepted that people are sleeping. So I said, okay, if that is the case, then I need to get myself to do what needs my sitting down at a time when there's nothing to move me. So with that, I started learning at dawn. I started waking up at 3 a.m. to learn. Sometimes I'll sleep and wake up as in the, in the matric years. I'll sleep early around 9 and wake up at 12 and learn till 5 a.m. Because at 12 o'clock, everybody is sleeping. All your friends are asleep. So you can't go anywhere. So your mind somehow rests and accepts it. It's the same thing that it's like early in the morning when I sit to read. Who are you going to call? 3 a.m., who are you calling? So you see, naturally, the mind goes to rest because it has accepted that you can't do this at this time. But by 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock, all the engines start. But you see, by that time, I would have read, I would have prayed. So those of you that I have meeting with at 4 a.m. that you don't come. You see, your judgment is going to be severe because I'm giving you the best of me. 
It's like my prime time for my self-care is what I present to care for you. So as you are rejecting it, just know. I'm telling you. As you are rejecting it, just know that the day of your judgment, when it comes, will not be easy for you. Because you can't accuse me that I didn't care for you. God knows that what I gave you is the most valuable portion of me. Are you with me? So, so I want you to understand the way I preach and the issues I raise. So as to help you. That I'm actually trying to help you deeply. But you see, most of us are shallow. And we like the entertainment, the shouting. The, so like, like this convention, we could have organized like some artist, you know, some wonderful artist. And maybe one day we should organize it just to help you. Do you get it? But, but I'm sure if there were two artists today, the place would be full. Do you get it? But it's like when there's nothing like that, and so it's Bishop Cliffy, oh, we know him. Do you get it? What is he going to say that we've not heard before? Do you get it? But it's, it's actually, what I'm going to say will help you a lot. And even if this is the same thing that I'm saying, do you get it? If it's the same thing that I'm saying, it is important to you because you are not doing it. If you were doing it, I I will see it and move on. The only reason why I keep saying the same thing is because you are still not doing it. So why are you accusing me of saying the same thing? When the same thing I've been saying, you are also not, you are, you are also not, you are responding to it in the same way by not doing it. If you want me to change what I say, then change the way you respond to it. Hallelujah. Now, it's Thanksgiving convention. It's a time of Thanksgiving. We want to thank the Lord and appreciate. And I want to just ask or draw your attention to the importance of being thankful. Do you get it? Being thankful as a help to your stability, as a help to your walking on the path that God has called you and created for you. And I'm not going to preach for long, and I'm going to pray. We will pray a lot this afternoon. I'll pray for you. You also pray for yourself. Hallelujah. That's actually the convention because I sense strongly that the days of chaff, just preaching ourselves happy, are over. Because we have been preaching ourselves happy for a long time. And nothing is coming out of our lives. It's only frustration. Such that we are a bad testimony of Christianity. Oh, yes. I mean, many of us are a very bad testimony of what Christianity is. And the only reason why we are a bad testimony is because we have not focused on the essential things that brings the blessing and the glory of God into our lives. And unless we focus on it, you see, the forces of darkness that are against us, they are not as it was years ago. Because the Bible has prophesied that in the last day, evil shall abound. 
You see, once upon a time, to do evil, it needs a lot of effort. Now, it's effortless. Do you get it? Doing or being, doing evil is effortless. It has abounded. It's all over us within reach. Once upon a time, it was cast. In other words, to want to do particular things that are not helpful, you really have to travel, you really have to move. I mean, an example is this pornography and all these things. Once upon a time, I mean, you, you can't just get pornography to watch unless you go for live shows. You know, some of you are peeping, peeping toms. You know when your uncle and your auntie go into the room. And then you've created a hole. Look at about once of you know when we were children there was there was a, a an older lady, not older, older, but it's also a young lady, but for compared to us, she's older. And I think she and her boyfriend were doing things and we happened to to, to, to observe it from a distance. And we went to tell. Hey, the way she beat me. <laughs> so, so, you see, but now evil. You are, actually, your parents are talking to you. And you are, you are on the phone. Thinking that you are sending a message or reading scriptures. But what they don't know is that you are fully into it. Through the availability of the internet and the device, that makes it very private. So as evil is abounding, so also grace must abound. Because the Bible says, as evil abounds, so also grace shall abound. Now the grace that shall abound may manifest in different ways. Do you get it? And one of the ways is pure teaching. Pure teaching that would expose the works of darkness. It's becoming, it will also become clearer. So it's like Satan's work cannot easily, I mean, flourish. Because the preaching and the teaching, the revelations should also be abundant. So if you are a person in the last days, I don't know how last days is our days. But obviously, compared to 50 years ago, this one is a last, is a, is a, uh, it qualifies. Because 50 years ago, there was nothing like internet. I mean, there was nothing, nothing like that. So, and pornography was, the, the pornography that we went to watch, we had to go to a movie house. And they start at half past ten. So I had older, my friends were older than me, so they would take me. I mean, when I was about 14, they were about 19, 20. So they would take me. It's in a certain part of Ghana, our Accra. And we would go there. Of course, how many times can you go there? Because it's, it's normally on Friday nights. 
how many times can you go there and you have to pay you get it so it's like once a while somebody will bring up the idea let's go to this place don't look at me like that don't, I don't like the way you are looking at me no, I will not be intimidated, but I just don't like the way they are looking at me. I don't appreciate your look. <laughs> Do you get it? So, I mean, it was a struggle. But you see, the Bible says that, listen, so what I, the point I'm making is that, the Bible says that in the last days, evil shall abound. But it also adds that so also shall grace abound. Now, what it is is that the grace like i said we manifested through different ways one of them is proper teaching the, the the teachers would have revelation understanding better and teach properly now if you being in the last days or being in your last days in terms of whatever the last days are is rejecting the grace which is being presented to you in the form of teaching that brings clarity, then you are rejecting the help that would help you to overcome the evil that is abounding. So what happens that rejecting the grace is to say evil continue to abound. Are you here with me? So like when you don't make an effort to read your Bible, you don't make an effort to listen to preaching, you don't make an effort to do all these things, you're actually removing the help that is for you to for the evil to dominate you of course it will dominate you i said of course it will dominate you amen so this morning or this afternoon i want us to look at how by being thankful we can engage or being thankful we can have what we need to stand I'll read the scriptures, but I just want to explain to you what I'm, what I'm preaching about so that when you leave here, even without notes, you can understand, remember. Now, you see, when in, in, in Revelations chapter 2, verse 10, Revelations chapter 2, verse 10, It says that fear none of those things which thou shalt suffer. Fear not them. Don't fear them. Behold, the devil shall cast some of you into prison. You see, prison is reflective of a place that restricts you. Your freedom is taken away, your options are limited. And sometimes life happens in a way where you are very restricted. Your options are limited. You don't have unlimited options. Which actually is equivalent, the effect on, on you of that situation is the same effect a prison would have on somebody else who is put physically into prison. You see, the devil shall cast some of you into prison that he may be tried. And ye shall have tribulations ten days. It says, be thou faithful unto death. Be thou faithful 
unto death, and I will give thee a crown of life. I know that now your current situation does not understand what a crown of life is. Even me, I don't understand what a crown of life is. Because I don't like hats and things. So promising me a crown, it's not a strong enough promise. Are you with me? I mean, in all, in all honesty, I don't like things on my head. So telling me that I'll have a crown of life, it doesn't really appeal to me. The only reason why I'll take it difficult, I mean, I'll take it seriously, is the one who is, speak, is, the, is the speaker or the one who is giving the message. That's the only reason I'll take it seriously. That is, even though I don't know what it is worth and what it means, because of the one who is speaking, I take it seriously. And the one who is speaking here is Jesus. When he revealed himself to John in the Isle of Patmos, the whole book of Revelation is, is a vision that John, the writer of the gospel, John, had when he was in prison. He was put in a solitary confinement and didn't have the freedom to be busy with life. Then the Lord told him a lot of things. Amen. And one of the things that he's been told is what will happen to them and to Christians. And he says that you shall have, I say, be thou. You see, the, the, the thing is that this will happen to you. When this happens to you, it, it will have the tendency of making you move away from where you should stand. I hope you're understanding it. To be faithful is to be found where you were in spite of before and after the problem. You see, some people were in church before the pandemic. But after pandemic, they are no longer in church. Some people were in church before they got a job. But after the job, they are no longer in church. And you see, you see, being in church is not equal to being in Christ. Are you with me? Yes. You can be in church and not be in Christ. But anybody who is in Christ would like to be in church. Anybody who is in Christ would like to be in church. Because when you are in Christ, the, you see, Christ's concern is the sick people in the hospital. The concern of Christ is the sick people in the hospital. So how can you be in Christ and therefore see his concerns and reject the hospital? I hope you understand it. So I don't have a problem at all telling you that church is not being in Christ. If you say that, then we will not come to church. No, 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 no. If you are in Christ, if you are in Christ, you will come to church. I said, if you are in Christ, you will come to church. If you are in Christ, you will love church. Because, you see, in church, you are offered opportunity to demonstrate your appreciation and your love for Christ. You are given many opportunities. 
So a person who is in Christ will hardly reject it. Hardly, hardly. Unless Christ gives him a commission that is in the outside world. Do you get it? Like an evangelist. But even evangelists, he will want to still be in church. Hallelujah. Good. So we are being told here to be faithful unto death. In other words, even if death threatens us, we must not shift. The, the most strongest threat a life can have is death. There, you see, there are many things that can test you or threaten you. But anything that threatens your life is a real threat. And it, if it, it, will, it will move a lot of people. The, the threat of death would move a lot of people. But Jesus here is speaking that keep standing where you are standing. Keep believing what you have believed. Keep doing what you have been doing because God says so. Even if death is knocking at the door. Hallelujah. Now, this is very important. And you see, if standing where you are standing, saying what you believe or what you have believed and doing everything the way it's expected of you, even in times of challenge, is going to lead you to get a crown of life. Then it is important to find out what can help you to stand when the wind is trying to blow you away from your path. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying. That I'm saying that this instruction, it's, a, it's not a suggestion. Say, be faithful. Be. You are going to have this, but keep standing. Because when you keep standing, these things, they will pass. Because they will have to pass for you to have a crown of life. If they were to wipe you away completely, the crown of life will mean nothing to you. So that he is promising you a crown of life after all this means that there is, there is life after death. You see, this is a clear confirmation that Jesus knows there is life after, de after death. And he's saying that be thou faithful unto the end or unto death. Be thou faithful unto death. In other words, if death is what now comes, just keep standing. Many of us, death would not come. Many of us, you see, the other junior ranks, temptations or tests, we tend to finish their job before the commander, death is called in. I mean, most of us don't demand or warrant the, the top of the top. Because we apprentice, small temptation, small trials is all that is needed to finish our job of the job of moving us out of the way yes. hallelujah Amen. but you see being thankful being thankful is going to help you to stand being thankful is going to help you to stand 
Now, what do I mean by being thankful is going to help you to be faithful? Listen, that after, the message I'm preaching, I'm not preaching long. Being thankful is going to help you to be faithful. How? You see, when you are thankful for something, it's not just the words you say. It's not just the words you say. But when you are thankful for anything that has been done in your life, whatever that has been done or whatever has been brought by whatever you are thankful for, are you with me? You hold it dear. Let me say it again. You see, to be thankful for the work of God or for the work of salvation by God in us, to be thankful, it means we will do everything to keep the salvation that has been bought for us. That, that's all, that's all. So, so, what happens is that the test tells you, give it up. But a thankful person says, I will not give it up. Because it was purchased, it took an effort to, for me to have what I have. And I'm grateful for that effort. And therefore, I'll not give it out easily. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's actually what it means to be thankful. Or when you say you are thankful. You see, a thankful person does things. A thankful person, you do things. A thankful person doesn't just say, I'm th- thank you. A thankful person does things. Thankfulness makes you do things. I said, thankfulness makes you do things. No, it's not, it's not what you say with your mouth. It makes you do things. You see, a thankful person, you, if you even change your behavior towards the thing that you are thankful to, or you are thankful for, or even the person that you are thankful to, understand what I'm saying so until your behavior is changed in relation to what you are thankful to or for you are not yet thankful you see a child who is thankful for the efforts of their parents would strive to accomplish what suffering I mean would try to accomplish the purpose for which their parents have suffered and most biological children are not thankful. Most biological children are not thankful. They feel it's their right. So the provisions of your life does not lead them to do special, or does not lead them to do certain things that they are supposed to do. Most children are not thankful. Most children are not thankful. They are not. Especially your biological children, they are not. Sometimes 
Strangers are more thankful than your biological children. So, so let me tell you something. This one is, is, is a little bit deep. If you have money to spend, don't spend all, all on your children. Spend the basic minimum they need, but spend the rest on strangers. Spend the rest on strangers. They'll be more thankful than your biological children. What's my evidence? You. Yeah, yeah, you see, you see, and then, and then listen carefully, listen carefully, listen carefully. What you think your children will do for you as you grow older, I promise you strangers will do it better. Most of you here, what do you do for those of you who are working? What do you do for your biological your, your parents, your biological parents? What do you do for them? Send them some some peanuts. I mean, I mean some peanuts. Recently, I was telling somebody that do this for your mother. Just do it. Just do it. She's your mother. Do it. But whatever you are struggling to do it for her, if a boy captures your heart, you just do it. It's almost, it's almost like he doesn't have to say a lot. He just has to hold you and talk softly. So I said, by the grace of God, you have been delivered from that situation where a boy can capture your heart and make you do things or spend uneasily. Your mother is asking you, it's okay, do it. Don't, don't think about it. Just do it. So what, the point I'm saying is that strangers, when you invest in them, will be more thankful than your biological children. I'm saying strangers, strangers will be more thankful than your biological children. Because you know why? Or not why? Strangers would look at your provision as from God, divine. And would do their best with it. And they will have in their hearts never to disgrace you. And never to make you feel that your efforts are wasted. So they spare nothing to do in their lives what you want to do or what you are paying for. Of course, there's nothing 100% in life. But in terms of proportion, strangers would appreciate what you are doing for them far more than your biological children. And therefore, strangers know how much you are spending to pay their school fees. So they will sit down to study. Your biological children will not sit down to study. They will be looking at your properties. And saying that your your this thing you say we should go to school. This they, they are they are calculating. They are calculating that even if they don't go to school, they have a house to stay in because they know that you have about five houses and there are three children. And you are they, oh please and they, and and they are the last one. 
you understanding it? But you see, if you get a stranger on the street and tell the, tell the stranger or take him in and help him clean up himself and everything and you say, I want, I want you to be educated. I want you to do this. I see you have some grace in you. I want to spend and educate you. I want you to go. They will go to school. They will, they will go to school. Your own biological child. Your own biological child. You see, so unless you are wise and understanding, your biological child can easily be like a drain into which you pour all your life and they will just give you a trickle. But a stranger who say, this is my mother, this is my father. They will, look, when you have because you see a stranger knows where they were it's not where they could have been they know where they were when you found them recently I was listening to somebody's testimony about how life was difficult and they went to church and somebody they, they helped them they, had, they get a loaf of bread a week and they had to count the loaf three 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 how many you don't eat more than three and it has to be calculated and I'm and how she was recounting it and very grateful because she the, the next step she had to take was to enter into prostitution as a way of living and she remembers how this person came into their life because of a church they attended the person came to their life and all these things were happening so every now and then she decides to go back and give to go back and give to other people who are in need as a way of saying thank you for that investment of a loaf of bread now now listen how many of you in your own house the children the loaf of bread they eat it by heart they eat it as if they don't They eat it by heart. And sometimes they even waste it. The bread will be there. Instead of putting it in the freezer, then they will let it be there and be moldy. And then you throw it in the dustbin. Now, if you were to just also decide to live or assume a life of poverty and provide for your children minimally and the rest you were to have strangers 20 young people in your life who are trying to make life work and they are struggling and you decide to buy them food you'll be surprised that by your in your old age when your children will call you once a month they will call you every every other day they will tell you mama i was calling to check how you are because every time they some, they eat something nice they remember where they were and who it is that changed their lives i'm trying to show you something so a thankful person a person who is thankful does things they don't say things they do things You see, a, a thankful person.
person always evaluates where they were and where they are and what the effect of whatever was done to them or for them has brought in their lives they always remember but your children hallelujah are you here with me so I'm explaining to you how being thankful will lead you to stand and keep moving on the same road in spite of situations and that is what will lead you into your blessing you see if we were thankful for our salvation if we were thankful for our relationship with Jesus Christ if we were thankful doing certain things would be easy you see thankfulness becomes like a force that makes you resist and that makes you overcome any obstruction or resistance thankfulness is a force because you see when you remember where you were and you project where your life would have been if it had continued where it was going and where you now are do you get it it makes you very conscious that I have to do what I have been brought here to do it's, it's almost like I can't waste this effort Paul, Paul puts it in that way that we should do certain things so that the grace of God will not be in vain. Are you with me? The grace of God will not be in vain. It will not be wasted. But for many of us, because we are not thankful, the grace of God is in vain. You see, a thankful person says, I'm tired. I'm struggling. But ish, the way this person has been good to me, I have to go. The way this person, when I remember how I was and what I was going through and how they came through and gave up everything for me to be where I am, I have to go. Do you get it? So a thankful person does things. And a thankful person does things that is to help the purpose for which an act was carried out in their lives. So you are saying, we just want to say thank you. Really? Is that what you want to say? Are we really saying thank you? Where is the evidence of our words? The words of our mouth, where is it in our lives? You are thankful for the blood of Jesus. What, what has your thankfulness led you to do in relation to you and Jesus? So you see, when, when you struggle to read your Bible just to know and to receive the power of the Holy Spirit into your life, because the, the, the words are power. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. So when you struggle to get them into you, why is a struggle? 
It just tells you that you are not thankful. It's like, ah, I'm tired. You know, my back. I have things to do. You see, it's almost like these little, little things. You are not, you are, you are not, you see, in these things, you are not being found faithful. And the reason why you are not being found faithful is that because you are not thankful. You see, I stand here and doing what I'm doing because I set out to be thankful to God. Now, now let me explain to you. You see, I don't know and I don't have a lot of spiritual experience. It's like, you know, you had fireball and these type of wonderful experiences. I, I like one, but I don't have it. But you see, what moves me, what moves me is that when I do a projection of where my life was going and I back it with the evidence of those of my friends in that same category and where their lives have gone. Do you get it? And now where I am, I can see clearly that even when I did not know God, his hand was still upon me. And so, and so, when I got born again and I joined this, I joined our church. When the opportunity came to do something in the church, I was ready to go. And I, so that, that is one of the things that moves me. That I said, it's okay. I'm not expecting, when I pray, I don't ask God for personal improvement in terms of I want more money, I want more houses. Those don't feature in my prayer topic. If it does, then I don't know. And it's not because I have a lot. No. All the offerings and the gifts you give me, I've used all of them. That should tell you that I don't have a lot. Yes, I've not saved them. I've used them. So I don't have a lot. But you see, I don't pray about these things. Because in my opinion, he's done enough. What is left is for me to look for opportunities to say thank you. Thank you. That, that's all. So, you see, what drives me? You see, what drives me? What moves me? What makes me never stop? What makes me to keep on trying? Is, is, is that thing that, you know, if the Lord has not been gracious to me, I wouldn't be where I am. What can I do to let him know that I appreciate what he has done? What can I do to let him know that I'm grateful for his efforts in my life? I can't do anything for him because he needs nothing from me. Even what I have comes from him. So how else can I do, what else can I do to, for him to have it as a message that I am grateful? Okay, let me help and let me do things in his house. That's what drives me. That's what makes me, sometimes you wonder, ah, how come you are not tired? You see, I feel the tiredness, but I don't allow the tiredness to overcome me because I have to be thankful. So sometimes when I don't feel like going, I still go because it's like, hey, if it was not for God and his mercy, I wouldn't be here. So he needs some, his a representation there. Keep going. That's what I I hope you're understanding it. And you see, it's not like I'm extraordinary. I am not extraordinary. There's nothing extraordinary about me. The difference between me and you 
is that I am making every effort to have works that speaks of my gratefulness or thankfulness to God. Now, in the process, in the process, it is leading me to always stand and to walk the path that I've chosen. So, so, so in, in that sense, my drive to be thankful is counting unto me as faithfulness. I hope you understand it. My drive to be thankful is making me do things that people who are faithful will do. So I'm showing you how you can be faithful. How you can be adjudged as being faithful to the end. One of them is just by being thankful, not for what will be done, but for what has been done. And it will make you faithful. It will lead you to have a strength to read your Bible. Oh yes, oh yes. Most of you don't have a good Bible and you don't care. It's not that you can't afford, but it, it has not occurred to you that I need a good Bible. But you must get a good Bible. You must read it. I said you must read it. Most of you, you are telling me, oh, Bishop, you know, I get tired. Meanwhile, if you had a boyfriend or a girlfriend, yeah, yes, I will say it. I will say it. Because that's what you do. That's what you do. That's what you do. If I start talking about, if you were to go to space, some of you, you I mean, you would have space. Me, space. I never go to space. So you'll be dodging all my examples. So I'm shooting low. You can lie down. I'll shoot. My bullet will be on the ground. I'll come low and shoot low. That one, we understand. Come home. Yeah. Because if I start giving an example of some CEOs, and you say, oh, me, I'm not a CEO. So I'm giving an example that you do. And that you can relate with and that you remember. Isn't it? What I'm saying is not true. It's true. Yeah. Because the things we boys will do for a girl. You see, when a boy gets a new girl, sleep goes away. Most boys, especially if they've been trying to get you, I'm not talking about the one you give them that when they have not asked you. I'm talking about the one that they struggle to get. They have to play some tricks and lay some traps for you and all those things. Those ones, it's as if they, they have the remote control for their sleep. The whole night they don't sleep. Even when you sleep and you wake up, their eyes are open. They are busy counting your breathing and see when you wake up so that they can continue where they left off. 
But you see, when it comes to God and the Bible reading and other things, then all of a sudden you tell me that you can't control your sleep. Don't, don't control your sleep. Just be there. Hallelujah. Don't control your sleep. The only reason why you are struggling is because you are not thankful. You are not. Are you with me? You are not. And you are not being thankful. You are not being thankful would make you to be found unfaithful. But that shall not be your story in Jesus' name. I pray the mercy of God that we shall be a thankful people. I say that we shall be a thankful people. And always remember to make you thankful. Remember where you were and where you are. And always pray to the Lord to give you a deep understanding, revelation of where you were and how your life was going to be and where you are and what awaits your life. You see, the lady that I, I, was, I was speaking to you about who said she was a, she, she knew that her next step was to stand by the roadside. Her next step because of the and then she's coming from a home where there's a father who was rich at one time but through some difficulties financial crisis has come and all of a sudden she's finding herself in need please sit sit all of a sudden she's finding herself in need and it's like what do i do and in severe need what do i do so she remembers the next potential step and the intervention of the, the church people. And she's always grateful. That, you see, so now that she's married with children, has business, husband, and all those things, it's almost like she's looking at, this is the life that I had because somebody stepped in just in the nick of time. I'm not sure what the other life would have been. But if I look at those with that life, I don't want that life for myself. And so I'm so thankful for what was done for me. But you see, listen, in her being thankful for what was done for her, she's doing what will bring prosperity into her life. Why? Because every regularly she gives to the poor. She gives to people who need help and all those things. But has not the Bible says that he that giveth to the poor lendeth to God? You see, of our own self, without a motivation, even though the scripture is there, that he that, lendeth, he that giveth to the poor lendeth to God, are you looking for the scripture for us? You must be alert, eh? Do you get it? He that the scripture is there. But you see, it's difficult to obey it. Because every time you want to obey, it's like ish, I need money. I have this, I have not done that. Uh-huh. So you need something to overcome these excuses. 
And what is overcoming these excuses in this lady's life is the being thankful. So you see, in the process of being thankful, are you with me? By giving back to the poor and all those things. Yes, on record, she's, she's appreciative of that intervention and it will be counted unto her as righteousness. But over and above the record, what she's also doing by being thankful would also yield fruit in her life. I don't know if somebody is understanding what I'm saying. You see, so what happens is that when you set out to be something as a, cha- a chain of reactions okay, I say a chain of reactions okay in your life. As you set out to be thankful to God for your salvation and you start reading the Bible, you discover truths that become the light of your life, which actually leads you to prosper and defeat Satan. You see, so it's a chain of reactions that only turns out to your good or that works in your favor. As I am, I am striving to be thankful to God by offering myself in his house, I am also learning a lot of wisdom that this is more important than that. Like to know that character is more important than intelligence. Character, a good character is more important than your intelligence. Yeah, a good character is more important than you. So you see, I, I see here clearly how by just setting out to say thank you, many good things will happen in your life. As I, I see here clearly how by setting out to say thank you, not with your words, but with your actions, it's going to lead you, like we sing the song from victory unto victory, is going to lead you from one good thing onto another. Some of you, there's a deficit in your life. There's a, a big deficit in your life that you cannot overcome. The only bridge to overcome the deficit in your life is the bridge of the Holy Spirit. Now, if you were setting out to be thankful, you will do things that would begin to increase the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. So the deficit will be there, and yet you will do things as if the deficit was never there. I hope you understand what I'm saying. So listen, I want us to rise to our feet and pray about this. That Lord, I want to be thankful not only in words but in action thank you Holy Spirit you see the 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 ten lepers the ten lepers the one who came back did something 
Whilst he was saying thank you, he was also doing something which is worshipping God. I said the nine, the ten lepers, the one who came back, he, he, you see, I don't know what that single act of worship would do in his life. But you see, he came back with the mind to come and say thank you. But the thank you led to an action that I believe would mean something to his life. Because they say, and he fell down his face, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Is it? And the Bible says, and with the, there's another version that says, and with a loud voice, and with a loud voice, he went down and worshipped. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Look, I'm teaching you to do what will bring the blessings of God into your life. I'm not talking about, you see, talking about the blessings. I don't, I don't need you to tell me that I'll have money when I go, to, I'll have money when I go to school. I need, to, I need you to show me how to go to school. Because, yes, when I go to school and I study, I'll get good courses. But the problem is that I can't sit to study. So telling me about studying and having good courses and therefore good money doesn't help me until you start helping me to sit down. And most of the time, we tell people how much God is going to bless them. Even if they didn't know, it wouldn't stop God from blessing them if they did the right thing. So what the problem is for the people is how to do the right thing in the midst of the evil life or evil world we are in how to live right so the scripture say they that lended just keep this one there don't don't change it the scripture says they that give to the poor they lend to god Teach me how to overcome the resistance that I meet when I want to give to the poor. You know, yesterday, I, I don't know whether I was in the traffic or, yeah, I think I was in the traffic. And there's this white guy who was begging. And he's asking for change. I had money sitting on my dashboard. But as I was about to give him, the thought occurs about this white guy. Why is he poor? Then, then, then the next thing I heard is he's going to do drugs. What do you think all these voices, what do you think they are, they are wanting me to do? I said, what do you think they are wanting me not to do? But the scripture, he that gives to the poor, lender to God, does not categorize the poor. How it doesn't categorize or, or give an adjective of which poor. It doesn't tell us, he that gives to the poor, who is poor because of external forces. 
It says who is poor, whether it's their negligence or their doing. The bottom line is they are poor. Therefore, when you give to them, you are lending to God. I hope you are understanding the preaching. I'm saying to you that if you understand what it means to be thankful, it is actually to do things, not to say. But the things that thankfulness will lead you to do are the things that a Christian should do that brings the blessings. So you don't have to know that they are going to bring you a blessing. They will bring you a blessing once you do them. I hope you understand it. And that is a blessing of thankfulness. It leads you on the path of righteousness. It leads you on the path that brings all that you desire from God into your life. You thought you were coming to say thank you. But you didn't know that there is a deficit in you. Which might have caused the leprosy to come. But you see, you were happy that the leprosy has been cleansed. But your decision to come and thank God for the cleansed leprosy is going to lead you to be added onto so that you become whole. But you didn't... You, do you think the guy, as he was going, knew that he was not whole? You see, the Bible says, then one of them, was he the only one who saw it? I don't know. Because Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? So according to Jesus, the ten were cleansed. But one decided to be thankful. What did he do? He turned back, recognizing and thanking God and praising God with a loud voice. You see, praising God just in life has a blessing. Verse 16. Falling down, prostrate before the Lord. It's, tell, it's a message in itself to say, I'm nothing, God. You are everything. But you see, what is leading you to do this is because you decided, I have to go and say thank you. On your own, you wouldn't be doing this. When they met Jesus at the time of the leprosy, they didn't fall down prostrate to worship him. They just asked for help. But the help brought into their lives activities or actions that opens heavens over their lives. And the one who did it enjoyed. Let's read the verse 17 so that we'll finish. Jesus asked, Were there not all ten cleansed? Where are the nine? Next verse. There was no one found to return and to recognize and give thanks and praise to God except this alien and he said unto him get up and go your way your faith which is your trust and confidence that spring from your believing God has restored you to your health 
Listen. I don't think we should preach a lot, but rather to pray about these things. I don't know what you've been praying to God about, but our prayer topics must change. Instead of asking, Lord, give me this, give me this, Lord, give me a job. You see, God can give you a job, but if the defect in you that made you lose the former job is still present, you'll still lose this job. So maybe instead of praying, God, give me a job, you should pray, Lord, heal my defect. And once your defect is healed, you will get a job without asking for a job. You see, people have been set up in business who did not send CVs around but who were serving in restaurants and in places as servants. But because of what they had in them, God sent somebody. I said, God sent somebody to go and lift them up from that hidden place to a place they never even submitted an application for. They never prayed for. You see, the Bible says in Proverbs 20, is it 20, a faithful man who can find? So, you see, when thanksgiving leads you to be a faithful person, are you with me? You are, thanksgiving has led you to become a rare commodity. And normally, price is hinged on demand and supply. A faithful person is in high demand. But a faithful person is in short supply. Do you know the meaning of that to your life? Do you know the meaning of life to your life? People will tell you, you keep your job, but I want you to do, add this one to it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I said, people will tell you, you keep your job, but I want you to add this one to it. And he said, no, my job, he said, it's okay, you do it in your own time, just add it to it. Because they can find in you what they can. It's almost like, let me have a part of you. Because a part of you is more than enough than a whole of an unfaithful person. You can ask and check the ladies. The ladies who are of good character, even though they are married, there are still men proposing to them. It's not the right thing, but it's like, ah, the way you are, who doesn't like you? <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. And sometimes you find the men, it's like if they don't want to sleep with you, they just like your company. They just like you. And they do things for you. Because they can see in you a sweet spirit, a nice person. 
So just hanging around with you and being in your company is enough for them. But some of you, even the single brothers, don't want to stay around. Because, because there's nothing attractive in you. Some of you married women, and of course married men, hold on dearly to what you have. Because it was a mistake that got you in. If you walk out, you will never get in again. Because you have nothing to qualify you inside. Please listen, oh, don't say I didn't say. Oh, Bishop, you see, you don't understand. He's like this, she's like that. Listen. If you get out, you don't have what to take you in again. So just stay in. It won't be long. We'll be going home. Are you with me? Don't be deceived to think that, oh, are many people who want to marry me. Listen, listen. Check even whilst you are there now, how many really are making approaches? Some of them, it's like they are coming. When they see, they just make a U-turn. Because, because what they find is unpleasant. So please, just the grace of God allowed the brother or the sister to be blinded for a moment. And you got in. Stay inside and just be thanking God. I don't know who I'm speaking to, but I feel I'm speaking to somebody here. I feel I'm speaking to somebody who must hear this message. Just stay in. I said, just stay in. Don't go anywhere. Satan is the one trying to push you out. Knowing that when you go out, you will never get in again. You will, be, you, you will sleep cold. Listen, I have explained to you well, as far as I can understand, what thankfulness will lead you to do, which in the end, you will discover that is actually what a, a person who wants to prosper must do. You see, thankfulness is a force that overcomes the resistance and all the hindrances of the enemy against you doing what is right in the eyes of God. Yeah. So let us pray to God that whatever our acts of thankfulness would engage our interest and we will give ourselves to it. By that we introduce into our lives a force that makes us to do what is pleasing to God. Lift up your voice and begin to thank God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Father, we bless you. We bless you.
We bless you. We bless you. Thank you. Thank you. As every head is bowed and every eye closed, maybe somebody invited you and you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You want to say, Pastor, please pray with me. I want to give my life to Jesus. Lift up your right hand. Let me pray with you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You want to say, Pastor, I want to be born again. Just lift up your right hand. You want to be born again. You want to give your life. Everybody put your hands down. Put your hands down. Thank you. Now, listen. You want to say, Pastor, I am not born again. I don't even know what it means. But I want to be born again. Lift up your right hand. Lift it, lift it up high so that I'll pray with you. Thank you, Jesus. You want to be born again? Lift up your right hand. Is there anybody here like that? Thank you, Holy Spirit. You want to be born again? You, you are not born again and you want to say, Pastor, I want to be born again. Let us pray. Yes, I see one hand that is up. Lift it up high. Now, the hand that is lifted up is an action that is saying, that is saying what is in the heart. Is a heart that says, Jesus, I want you. I want you. I want you in my life as my God, as my Savior. And thank you that God has also assured us that whoever comes to him, he will never turn away. So you can be assured that this lifted hand and the voice that it represents has been heard and accepted by God. Let us pray together. Say, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father. With my mouth I say thank you. For my life. But I also want to say it with my heart. That I thank you. I thank you for thinking about me. And sending Jesus Christ to my rescue. I respond to this rescue by coming to you, God, believing in Jesus Christ as your Son and as my Savior. From today, Jesus, I confess you as my Lord. And I confess that you were raised from the dead by God. And you are alive, seated at the right hand of God. Through this prayer, I have received you as my Lord and Savior. Father, my God, with the blood of Jesus that was shed on Calvary, Wash me of every sin and the guilt of sin that I may come boldly before you every day of my life to seek your help and to find your favor all the days of my life. I thank you for this day. Amen. Father, your hand rests upon her. Your hand rests and keep. Deliver from evil. Cause her feet to be planted in your house. In the courts of our God, that is where her feet shall always be. The enemy shall not be able to uproot her, but she shall be stable.
and bear fruit in her season. I thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. We believe you've been blessed by this message. To stay connected, follow our LCI social media platform.